Welcome to the Liberty Podcast. We're so excited that you're interested in the teaching ministry of Liberty Bible Church. We're a multi-site church that exists to share the love of Christ across Northwest Indiana. If you're looking for a church home, please check us out at our website, findliberty.net. Thanks again for joining us as together we're transformed by the teaching from the Word of God. So this topic found me more than I went looking for it. I probably didn't think 30, 20 years ago, probably, that I'd ever be speaking about disability and how it related to the church and how God loves and created those with special needs. It wasn't until my first son Kyle was born that this topic even remotely came into my mind. I'd never really thought about disability. It had never been something that was on the forefront of my mind. I'd never been anti-disability or anything like that. But it wasn't something that gripped me until it personally happened to me. And I think that's the case with many of us. In many topics in life, until it affects us personally, we kind of put it off and don't think much about it. And so the topic or the, the, the thing that we really want to hammer home today is God's church is designed to have people with disabilities fully integrated into every aspect of the church body. And those of you that don't know our story, my name is Ben, I have a wife, Jill, and we had three children. We had Kyle, Elise, and Aiden. And Kyle was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy in February of 2003. And there's a picture of Kyle. And while I was here at Liberty, uh, Kyle went from being in a manual chair to being in a power chair. We don't call them electric chairs because electric chairs have a different connotation than power chairs. <laughs> so that's just one of those uh, advice as you, as you interact with people with disabilities, never call it an electric chair. It's a power chair. <laughs> so Kyle was in a power chair uh, for the last uh, six or seven years of his life. And then Kyle passed away in, in March of 2020. And I'm going to talk more about that, kind of that period of, of his life uh, toward the end. But it had such a profound impact on us in so many ways. And so I just wanted to give you guys a picture and know what I was talking about when I was talking about Kyle. So that's our, that's our Kyle. Someone that God loved, someone that we loved, and someone that, someone that many, many of you showed love to. And we're so grateful for that. So as we think about disabilities, the first thing we want to think about is that all Scripture applies to every person God's ever created. As we read Scripture, we don't put it in categories of, okay, this is for the really smart people, this is for the not so smart people, this is for... Scripture applies to everyone. And we need to think about how that applies to everyone. And so when we think of a verse like Genesis 1.22, when it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. We have to realize that every single person walking this face to the earth, past, present, and future, God created. And each of us have our own uniqueness. Each of us have our 
weaknesses. Each of us have our strengths. And I know as a father, and I'm, so what I'm gonna do in this service is kind of parallel my life with disability with what scripture says. And so as I think about the idea of Kyle being created in God's likeness, I remember from the very start of his, of his uh, life, he was born September 2nd, 2000. And I remember that weekend, and one of the first things I did after Kyle was born is we watched the Bears game. And uh, the Bears played the Vikings, and they actually won. And uh, if, you remember, if you remember, there's been many, many Bears quarterbacks, but Cade McNown was the quarterback, and I remember him having a great game. And I remember in those moments sitting there thinking, I cannot wait till Kyle plays sports. I cannot wait till he excels at sports. I cannot, you know, all these thoughts, and, and we all have them as parents, these expectations of what our children are going to be. And of course, I was like way off in fantasy land of, okay, these are all the things Kyle's going to be the best athlete ever, yada, yada, yada. And even through the first years of his life, it, my concern wasn't so much about the way that God created Kyle. I was so much concerned about what I had in store for Kyle. And I'll talk a little bit about where that change in my life happened. But that's something that can easily be thought of when we think about people with disabilities is we think, well, God must have made a mistake. When you interact with someone with disabilities on the street, when you see someone, immediately kind of the thought is pity of like, okay, they get the real short end of the stick. And the thought that I want us to start thinking through when we interact with people with disabilities, that is somebody that God created, that God loves. Another one that we saw a video about earlier is that we are specifically created. I love that passage out of, out of Psalm 139, and this is verse 18. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It took me a long time to come to the realization of God didn't make a mistake when he created Kyle. He didn't make a mistake. Kyle, Kyle only lived on this earth for 19 years. And that's a very difficult thing, I think, when we, we think about disabilities. We think God made a mistake when they made that person. Whether it's someone in our family, whether it's someone we interact with, whether it's someone we see, that can be one of our thoughts that we have. God didn't make a mistake. God had a reason and a purpose for his life, just like anyone else's life who has a disability. And as we think about disabilities, there's so many different definitions, and I was looking through this week, and I mean, disability could be anywhere from wearing glasses to you know, something really, really sincere. So as I think about disability, this is just my thought as we can kind of process that, is someone that needs extra care, maybe a caregiver, maybe they can function on their own, but there's parts of their lives that they need help with. They can't function totally on their own. And that could be something that's physical, that could be something that's emotional, or that could just be something social as well. And so disabilities comes in so many different sh shapes, sizes, and forms. 
So not all disabilities look alike, and not all disabilities can be treated alike. And so loving the individual for being specifically created by God and seeing them as somebody that God created, God formed, and God loved. That's where it starts. Is as we just interact with whether, again, it's family members or, or people we see on the street or whatever, just having that mindset that God created specifically this person, that probably goes a long way in helping us as we, as we think about those with disabilities. As we think about Scripture applying to all people, I think this is very important for us to think about. We are all in need of salvation. Romans 3.11, none is righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for anyone who believes, no matter who we are. I'm not going to get up here and say that, yes, if you have a a disability, you have a free pass to heaven. No, that's not true. The truth is, when Jesus was interacting with children, and the disciples were all looking at him, and what did he say? If you have faith like a child, that's what it takes. And I think about all my interactions with Kyle. And many of you guys know Carol Key. And Carol Key taught Kyle's Sunday school class here. And so many times he would come back on a Sunday and he would share the things that he learned. He would share the things that he was taught. And it may not have been in the deepest way, but it was in his way of understanding. He would ask Jill and I so many different questions, and toward the end, one of the questions he would ask us many times as we talked about heaven, and he prepared for heaven. He said, when can I walk? And Jill would always say, in the blink of an eye, because that's what it talks about in heaven, in the scripture. In the blink of an eye, that's when your body will be whole. And so, so many questions and so many spiritual conversations we had with Kyle, it was very evident that he understood. He would ask us to pray for all sorts of different people, especially at, uh, at dinner time. And uh, it, always, it always made me laugh. So he had made some friends with some guys that played hockey for Notre Dame, and then we were watching a game one time. One of the guys got hurt. Kyle, heaven, he's like, hey, can we pray for, his name was Anders. Can we pray for Anders tonight? He's like, yes, Kyle, we'll pray for him. He's like, I don't want to see him get hurt. And it was just so amazing in so many different situations to see God at work in his life and his care for so many other, other people. We've heard from many different people about Kyle's life after he passed away and so many people that had interactions with him. And The love of Christ was evident in his life. Even though Kyle was an absolute sweetheart, he was an angel in so many different ways, he still needed salvation. And that's true of any single person that's ever walked this face of this earth. And it's having that faith like a child. 
Another thing is we are all made complete in Christ. 2 Peter 1.3 His divine power has granted to us and all the things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and knowledge. The idea of being complete in Christ. Kyle wasn't incomplete by our standards because he wasn't able-bodied. Christ completed him. And so I talked about earlier, there was, a, there was a change in my life and a change in my thinking. And it had to do with the camp Johnny and Friends. And, and if you've been here at Liberty for many years, you've heard of Johnny and Friends and, and you've supported Johnny and Friends and you've sent families like mine to go to Johnny and Friends. So as I was thinking back, I think it was 2008, Pastor Mike Akert approached me and said, would you guys like to go to Johnny and Friends as a family? And my first response was, absolutely not. My whole idea was I wanted to try them, in my thinking, I wanted to be as normal as possible. I didn't want to admit what was going on with Kyle. I wanted to try to just sweep it under the table, just not deal with it. So the first year, Mike asked, and I said, no. And I didn't say anything to anyone else in my family. I said, no, we're not doing this. Second time, he comes up. Again, no, I do not want to go. That does not sound like anything that we want to do. Third year, Mike comes. He's like, well, I'm going to talk to your wife. So, so she was at least nice about it. She said, okay, we'll have a family vote if we're going to go or not. So we were, I was outvoted four to one to go to Johnny and Friends. <laughs> and that first experience we had going to Johnny and Friends changed my whole thought about Kyle. Seeing other families that had gone through that, gone, gone through the thing with disability with different family members, seeing people, learning just all these things that I'm kind of talking about today, it made Kyle's life much better at home because I was tolerable. Instead of trying to push some kind of agenda that I had, there was rest in the fact of knowing that Kyle was complete with God. That God had created him with a purpose and a plan. And even though it wasn't physically restful, it became spiritual, spiritually restful for me. And yeah, there was still many, many difficult times and many times I didn't quite get it right. But overall, understanding that completeness happened because of our interaction with Johnny and friends. And that became such an important part of our family. I think we went eight years, and some of our best friends became out of that, or some of our support system came out of that. And one of my encouragements to you today is if you have a chance to go as a volunteer, it would be a great experience to go and volunteer at a Johnny and friends camp. I think there's a few experiences you can say in life that they say, okay, maybe that felt like what heaven could feel like, but Johnny and Friends is probably the closest that, that we've felt that. Where you have people of all ages, demographics, able-bodiedness, worshiping God together, that's pretty special and pretty amazing.
And so that'd be one of my really huge encouragements is just go and volunteer. <clears throat> one of the other things, and I've talked a little bit about this, is we're all created for a purpose. In Exodus 4.11, and this is with God's interaction with Moses, as Moses is using excuses about why he doesn't want to do what God's asked him to do. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, and who makes him mute, deaf, seeing, or blind? Is it, I, is it not I, the Lord? It's very easy to think that God's not in control when you see people with disabilities. You think, why in the world would God do that? Isn't God supposed to make all of us able-bodied, smiley, happy? The point of it is, God has a purpose for every single one of our lives until the day we pass away here on this earth. And it doesn't make it, it does not mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that things are going to be rosy. But we saw God's purpose till the last day of Kyle living here on this earth. And there was fights, internal fights that we had with God and questioning and difficulty. But in the end, we say, that was a life that God looked over and that he had purpose. And I'm sure Kyle got the well done, good and faithful servant when he went to heaven. And I think for families with, with disabilities, it takes so much work to come to that point. Because as all of us, when we were having children, probably one of our thoughts or prayers was, I just want to have a healthy child. Probably all said it. That was probably the prayer that most of us had, if not all of us. And the hardest thing is, when that prayer isn't answered in the way that we think it is, when you have a child with disability, all of a sudden the thought is, well, God must not like me. God must curse me. God hates me. What did I do for this as a punishment? And so we want to get into what does Scripture say about disabilities. And out of John 9, this is a passage that, when Jill and I discovered this, this became our life passage for Kyle. And this is the passage where Jesus and his disciples were walking along, and they saw a man laying down on the side of the road that was blind. And the disciples asked, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he's born like this? And Jesus said, no. The purpose is for this, for him to give me glory. And that's the purpose of all of our lives, to give God glory. Doesn't matter if we walk in the surf for 15 minutes or 106 years. Our purpose in life is to bring God glory. One of the toughest th things with disability and where my heart goes and is for the caregivers. 
So for those of you who don't know, I'm a hospice chaplain now. And uh, caregivers can be people that care for people with disabilities. They can care for their loved ones as they're getting close to, to passing away or somebody that's sick or, or whatever. The, there's many different kind of ways that caregivers care for people. But caregivers have one of the loneliest, toughest jobs there is. I always interact, when I interact with caregivers, I always say, now, do you know what day it is? Do you know if it's day or night? Do you know you're wearing your pajamas still? <laughs> Nothing else matters when you're caring for that loved one that's sick. I've been visiting a, a gentleman who's 96 years old. He's been caring for his wife for 10 years. And uh, I just go and talk to him every Friday morning. And uh, he said, you're really the only person I talk to. And he goes, I feel like I'm going crazy because I don't have anyone else that I interact with. And so that's one of my encouragements for you as a church, is make sure you care for caregivers. Yes, the people with disabilities, and yes, those that are sick have huge amounts of need. But those caregivers are in just the same spot. The last 10 months or so of Kyle's life, uh, he was in a hospital bed 99% of the time. And Jill slept on the floor on a mattress from July until March, so it would have been, I don't know, whatever that is, 9, 10 months. And her life as a caregiver has affected her physically now because she gave so much. And there's probably many people even that didn't come to church this morning because of being a caregiver and it's just being difficult and just being hard to get everything all together to come. So encourage those that you know that are caregivers. Pray for those that are caregivers. Call those that are caregivers. Because in some ways, some of their thoughts may feel, I've been cursed by God because I'm so alone. Another thing that comes up is that sometimes we think that disability is because of a lack of faith. And unfortunately, over the years, we had people that told us that if we prayed more for Kyle, that he would be healed. We had people say some difficult things to us that we kind of took to heart early on, and then we just realized, you know what? That's really not true. And so some scripture that talks about that in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, 9, and this is Paul talking, he says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said, My grace is sufficient for me, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. So as we think about healing and we think about faith, I'm not going to do an exhaustive study or anything like that right now, I think it was, I don't remember how many years ago, it was a long time ago, I remember Pastor Kevin Earhart did a great sermon on it, on this, when he studied each situation of healing in the Bible. And I just remember that because it was so helpful. And, but just some quick little captions or quick little stories. In Luke 5, when we think of the men that lowered the, the gurney down in front of Jesus when they ripped open the roof, that was faith, and that was disability, and that man was healed. 
They lowered, the, they lowered him down. Jesus said, what great faith you have. And Jesus healed him. Then in John 9, we've been talking about where they saw the man on the side of the road. Jesus healed that man, but it never said anything about that man having faith. And Jesus healed him. And then out of 2 Corinthians 12, what we just read with Paul, Paul had great faith, but, Paul, but Jesus never took that pain away from him. And he had that for the rest of his life. And so we know all sorts of situations, whether it be through the Bible or even through just personal experience. When we pray for people, especially those that have great faith, it doesn't always mean that they're going to be healed. And I think we as Christians have this mentality that every single situation is just going to be like an acute situation. Now, I'm not medical, I've only worked in the medical field now, but I understand this a little bit. Acute means it's something that's short or something that can be fixed very easily or it's just something that just kind of happens. Something chronic is something that happens long term or something that you have long term. We can deal pretty well with the acute. We'll just pray that God fixes that situation and hopefully it happens and then we can go on. But we have real struggles when we see somebody that has struggled with whether disability or an illness for a long time. Because we're not sure even how to pray. Because all, I mean, our prayer usually is, well, God heal them. Obviously, that's a great prayer, and that's what we want. But the bigger question that I struggled with, and, and I feel like I had a couple of conversations with God through this time with Kyle. And one of the questions that I came back to the healing part was why? Every time I'd start praying the healing prayers for Kyle and things like that, God would ask me why. Be like, because this is what I want. This is what is easy. And it all came back to purely selfish motives. And we came back to that verses, do you want to see my work done in his life? I said, of course. And then the thought came, but if this is the road we're going, do I really want that? Do we really want to see God glorified in our lives? And that was the question that I had to struggle with with Kyle. And when I constantly said yes to that prayer, yes, God, I want to see him glorified in your life, that's when we started seeing Kyle blossom in ways that he had never blossomed before. John 9, 3, in, in the end of that, it says, it was not that his parents sinned, it was not that he sinned nor his parents sinned, but that the work of God must be, was, was to be displayed in his life. The answers to prayer that we saw through Kyle happened even further. I mean, I've still heard stories even in the last couple of months. God led people to Jesus through Kyle. In those last 10 months of Kyle's life when he was in a, when he was in a bed, he loved praise and worship music. And he loved, we had so many different people come and and play worship songs with him, and we'd post them on Facebook or, or whatever. And uh, we got a message one day from a friend of ours. 
He had been a Christian then became an atheist. And uh, he sent us a message and said, you know, Christian or worship music always makes me tear up, even though I consider myself an atheist. And I thought, you know what, Kyle is still working. Through Kyle, God is still working this man's life. And doing it in a way that none of us could control. And then lastly, people with disabilities are indispensable and worthy of honor. That word, indispensable. Sometimes we think of people with disabilities as people that are marginalized, people that we don't want to spend our time and effort on, people that we kind of push off to the side. But in 1 Corinthians 12, 22, it says, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And as we think about our physical body, we think about our heart and our lungs and our brain, all things that are protected. And all those things, I would say, are pretty indispensable to our lives. And we think about that in the terms of disability. If those, of, if those that are weaker are indispensable, we need to protect them. We need to come around them. And that's the way that the whole body works together. And as I think about the body of Christ, so often we think about it happening here in a building and in the church on a Sunday morning. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know what? Kyle's contribution to the body of Christ happened outside of the walls of church. So as I've shared a few times, the last 10 months of his life was in a hospital bed. And to be honest, those were some of the best 10 months of, of our lives. Kyle, every morning when he would wake up, because some days he would be unconscious and there'd be some scary situations going on, but the days he was conscious, he would wake up and be like, well, who's coming to visit me today? And most days, there would be people that would visit. And we saw the body of Christ come around him. As I shared a little bit, a little while ago, he loved worship music. So many different people came and played worship music with him. And, and that was so neat. We even had someone come and sing opera music to him. And then there would just be people that would come and pray for him. And then we'd have friends that, he loved fast cars and he loved to hear like the tires peeling out. We'd have people come by and just peel their tires in front of our house. <laughs> and he loved that. Oh, and we had tons and tons of dogs brought over too. Kyle loved puppies. And even as I think of, of so many of you that became the body of Christ to Kyle and to us, even in his last moments here on this earth, Betsy Underwood was the one that was with him when Kyle was, right before Kyle went unconscious for the last time. And that's what the body of Christ does. 
These moments were difficult. These moments were painful. But that's how the church functions. We function together. We laugh together. We cry together. One other quick little story I want to share. I'm getting old. I can't read my phone without my glasses here. <laughs> this is from my son, Aiden, who is who's going to be a, a freshman in college next year. And so he had to write an essay to go to school. And uh, I just want to read. We, Jill and I had nothing to do with this essay that he wrote. But this is what he wrote. He goes, I grew up in a family of five with a mom, dad, older sister, and an older brother with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Most people have no idea what, what this terrible disease is, let alone what it's like to see a family member go through it. But I can tell you what I went through in a child and teen has, an, has forever impacted my life. So what is Duchenne muscular dystrophy? Is it a, is it a, it's a genetic muscular degenerative disease that takes place mostly in boys and results in being in a wheelchair, in most cases, having to be on a BiPAP machine. Although his body may have been eating away at itself his whole life, my brother still found happiness in things like family, friends, and hockey. When I was younger, I would be responsible for taking care of him when my parents went out to eat or just needed a break. So during these times caring for him, I found my love for the world of medicine. I learned a lot from him, like how to use surgical suction or what medicines he needed in order to be out of pain. I even learned as much as vibration therapy to soothe his aches and his muscles. But the most important role I learned from him was the role of family. We used to go to a designated camp for families with children that had disabilities up in Muskegon Mission called Johnny and Friends. The camp is named after Johnny Erickson Tata and is designed to be a place where families can relate with each other with having children with dis those disabilities. Going to Johnny and Friends opened my eyes because I get to see how the other siblings of special needs children deal with the challenges of everyday life, and I get to experience a place where there was no judgment. With my brother passing a little over a year ago, now we do not qualify for the camp anymore, but we still keep in touch with a lot of the families from Johnny and Friends as they are and will forever be part of our family. During my lifetime, I was frequently told, oh, I'm so sorry for what happened to your brother, and oh, that must be terrible for him to endure. And some of that was true, but he enjoyed life. He was just as normal as you and I, but he was in a wheelchair, which made people all of a sudden think that he couldn't be happy. Truth is that he was probably happier than most of us today. He knew how to look past everything he couldn't do, and focus on what he could, and that will forever stick with me. Indispensable. And as we close, there's one other quick little story I want to share that I have the picture for here in a second. So even as we had lots and lots of people come right before Kyle passed away, Right after he passed away, he, he passed away right as COVID hit. I think he passed away like March 14th. So we all remember during that time, we were all trying to figure out what to do and whatnot. So one day, 
we get a little ring on our doorbell and some people ran off and they stood on our sidewalk and we saw, do you have the picture? Is there one more picture? There we go. We saw this in our front yard. And that's Nancy Cook, Andrea Galasso, and Jamie Warren. Andrea's the one in the shark costume. And you can't read it real well, but this says, we love you. And we all know that Andrea passed away a little while ago, and her contributions to our family and to all of us was so great. Indispensable. It may not be flashy. We may not see it day in and day out. But the amount of joy and love and peace that's brought by those with disabilities is something that infects us in such ways that we can never be the same again. As soon as I shared about serving at Johnny and Friends, one other opportunity I believe that's coming up is we, or Liberty, is partnering uh, with the Hope Club at Valparaiso High School to do a trunk trunk or treat for their special needs class. And I think you can just write on the back of your your card if that's something that you want to do. But my encouragement is get involved with those special needs. It will bless you so much more than anything that you could possibly do. And I also believe that it turns and shows us such a bigger view of God. God that loved and created each and every one of these people that we encounter. Let's pray together. God, you know and have created each person in this room. You've created each of us with a purpose and a plan. You know the way that you've formed this body here at Liberty together. And you've put people here to push us to become closer to you. We thank you so much for people like Kyle and Andrea and Margie, who you've taken from us recently. But God, we thank you for putting them in our midst. And we thank you for showing you through them. And God, just continue to give us the eyes to see yourself through those with disabilities. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. If you'd like more information on our church or a place to connect, you can check us out on the web at findliberty.net.